The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Trade deadlines are approaching. You still have some time to buy low and to sell high. How do we view Christian McCaffrey rest of season with a quarterback change on the horizon? Is Mike Williams going to bounce back? And today we talk schedules. Broke down the schedules last night, looking at players that have favorable schedules coming up and a few that do not. And how much does it matter? It's an open debate about you know how we value schedules anyway as we get into week 10. Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. What's up, guys? Ready to make some trades? Dude, I've been ready since week one, and I've been horrible making trades this year. There have been, I've made an embarrassing trade in the Waterbury Open that I'm not going to talk about. I made two trade offers in the Kings Classic to try and get Tyson Williams after week two. Both of them involved me trading like must start players. Both were rejected. (laughs) Thank the fantasy gods for it. Funny how that happens, huh? Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's the trade you don't make that end up doing well. I did make another trade in another league that I um how can I put this? I care a lot about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. ended up being so far very very good. Very good. Good. I th- and I think that's a good thing to remember as we approach the trade deadline and there will probably be more trades in the next week or two than there have been all season in most leagues. And when people start talking about vetoing and how people lost trades, um uh, Less than a year ago on this show, I was lamenting how I had traded Michael Thomas away, trying to win it all because Thomas was out. And I got Cooper Cup and Raheem Mostert. And the week that I traded for Mostert, Mostert got hurt. And I didn't win the title. But now there is no one in a dynasty league, I don't think, who would take Michael Thomas over Cooper Cup. This past offseason, I made trade after trade after trade and got all kinds of praise on Twitter when I showed the final product. I built a team with Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley, an unbeatable squad. Whoa. That team is now three and six, and I'm trying to sell parts so I can have draft picks for next year. Wow. That is interesting. Um, (laughs) Don't veto trades. Well, look, we've we've had some that are completely egregious, and you know, I, I can't, uh, yeah, is it, I can't. We say, don't know. I can't say, but but I can't say don't veto. I'm not on the don't veto trade thing. But no fantasy cops today. Instead, we're doing fantasy Jeopardy in a little bit. But let's get to the big news, uh, and we're also previewing uh, Thursday night, Miami and Baltimore. Last time, what happened last time? Lamar Jackson went to Miami. I don't remember. Pretty good game. <laughs> All right, big news here. Dalvin Cook. Appears to have been involved in a domestic dispute. There is pending litigation. I think you know what to do here just on a fantasy spin. We don't have to spend much time on it. We don't know the details, and it's upsetting stuff. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But obviously, Madison is the top handcuff, basically. you know, We've seen what he can do. Uh, Aaron Rodgers says there is a small chance that he does not play this week. Expect him to play, but small chance that he doesn't against Seattle. Odell Beckham cleared waivers. I asked Dave on Fantasy Football Today in 5 where he'd like to see Beckham go, and he thought I'll let you start. Where do you want to see Odell Beckham go? 
Well, am I doing this from selfish purposes or from the fantasy value of Odell Beckham purposes or for entertainment purposes? Oh, you want him um, on the Chiefs, huh? Well, I mean, for selfish purposes, I think the Chiefs would be a fantastic location for Odell Beckham. Um, for, I think for his value, my favorite spot would probably be the Packers. Um, and just let Aaron Rodgers throw 12 passes a week to Devontae Adams, 12 passes to Odell Beckham, and the rest can go to the running backs. That would be fantastic. Um, for, I mean, there's 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 all kinds of options. It would be fantastic to see Bill Belichick and Odell Beckham try to coexist for a half of a season. Um, so that would, for entertainment purposes, the Patriots might be the best. I, I feel like the Patriots have taken gambles like this. You know, this is kind of a Patriots thing to do. And I imagine... And it, it worked with Randy Moss, and it's failed almost every other time. Was that true? Chad Ochocinco? I, I don't... I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there are some others, but I can't did, think of another one that works. It did. And you know, the funny thing, the the Moss comparison is so funny because they're same age, like at age 29, Odell Beckham looks on paper like he's not good anymore. And that's exactly what it looked like with Randy Moss. They got traded to a new team and he had the best season ever, basically. Um, so, does Dave, do you think Odell Beckham? has uh, must-start potential if, if he lands in the best possible scenario for him? Definitely has must-start potential, Adam. Uh, I talked about Odell with Dustin Fox, who's a sports talk host, and you might have seen him doing analysis on college football games on TV. He's got his own radio show in Cleveland, um, and he's obviously watched every single Brown snap maybe his whole life. And he believes that Odell and Baker were literally just not on the same page. There would be freelancing going on where Odell would not run the route that Baker was expecting. The offense, especially now with Kevin Stefanski, totally predicated on receivers being in the precise place where Baker needs them to be. Um, it, it makes sense when you think about it like that. When Mayfield had a better quarterback rating when he was off, when Odell was off the field compared to on. Uh, there was also, and this is according to Dustin, that they were forcing the football a little bit to Odell Beckham. Pete has noticed, Pete Prisco has noticed that Odell Beckham didn't necessarily hustle on every single play. There, there, there's a lot that Odell may need to change if he goes to a team where he's got potential to be a must-start fantasy receiver, but he can change it. And I think if he's got a quarterback that he may respect more than Baker Mayfield, I think we'll see it. Like he he was catching passes from Eli Manning. I'm sure he respected Eli Manning when he was in New York. You know he would respect a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes if he made Heath's day and went to Kansas City. So he would follow the exact instructions that are given to him. He would follow Belichick's exact instructions or Josh McDaniel's exact instructions if he went to New England. So I think that does put him in a place where he knows he's got to do the right thing. I think he still has good speed and quickness, and I think he could still be a good fantasy receiver pending who his quarterback is, pending the offense that he's in. Okay, well, listen, check your waiver wire for Beckham. He's 71% rostered. But before you do that, check your waiver wire for Madison. Alexander Madison is 78% rostered, and that should I, I think it should be 100. And go get him. And it should probably be close to that for yep. Dearness Johnson, as well as three Browns running backs. No, most notably, Nick Chubb have tested positive for COVID. Or I don't know if they've all tested positive. Chubb has. Uh, but Dearness Johnson is 79% rostered. So even 10-team leagues, Madison and Dearness Johnson need to be added. And if Chubb is out this week, where would you guys rank Dearness Johnson, who last time he had an audition, it was 22 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown against Denver? 12 or 13. Um, we've got it ranked as if Chubb's not playing. So Dearness Johnson is in our rankings. I believe he's around 12 or 13. He's a borderline number one running back. The difficult decision will be with the running backs in Thursday night's game. Because I'm going sure. to guess by tomorrow night, we're not going to have any new information about the Browns running backs. Now, I, I, my thought kind of is if Nick Chubb, if we don't have some report that he has one negative by Thursday night, then that means he needs a negative on Friday and on Saturday because they have to be 24 hours apart for him to be able to play. And so the odds get shorter, but it would be difficult for me to sit Gaskin or even Devontae Freeman for Dearness Johnson. And, and there's, there's no way that you could leave those guys on your bench if your other option was Chubb. Uh, so wait, you're saying that if... that you I think you have to play the Thursday night guys over the Browns guys. Well, Dave mentioned uh, that the guys who test positive 
they don't typically end up playing that same week. Barkley was the exception because it was a false positive. And the Giants had a whole bunch of false positives, and they retested everybody, and that was kind of a weird situation, right? But Dave, I think, would you say, is it fair to say that the assumption should be that Nick Chubb is not going to play? Yes, absolutely. That's the assumption, but you can't guarantee it. And there might be an example or two that maybe somebody listening can remind us of, of a player who tested positive for COVID earlier in the week, was vaccinated, and got cleared in time for the game on Sunday. But I, from my recollection, most of the players who have tested positive for COVID missed at least one game. And so it, with that assumption, you can rank Dearness Johnson. I, I don't have him ranked where Heath has him ranked. I've got him more as a number two running back. But you can rank him as such and believe in him as such as a startable fantasy running back for the, the week against the Patriots. I think he's got a shot at 100 total yards again. I think he. we've seen six running backs do that against the Patriots in their last seven games. Patriots just don't give up a lot of touchdowns. But he's going to get a lot of work, especially if all the other running backs are out for Cleveland. Yeah, he's going to have a busy night. All right, so it's, so we'll let people make the decision on Thursday, and we'll update them, of course. But to sum it up, if you knew that Chubb were out, you would rank Johnson ahead of Gaskin and Freeman, right? Yes, I would. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, so let and let's talk a little DFS here, people. You want some DFS advice? Check out the Fantasy Football Today DFS line, uh, DFS podcast. Sorry, Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. That's what it's called. Frank Stanfield, Mike McClure, Sian Najad. They're giving you cash and GPP analysis. Drops Tuesdays and Thursdays. You get pricing. You get matchups. You get great advice from true experts in the field. The Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. You can find it wherever you listen to FFT. Quick little Christian McCaffrey discussion here. Here's some stats on Christian McCaffrey that I swear, I think they're interesting. I don't think they matter, but I think they're interesting. He is averaging, yes, YPC for life, 3.8 yards per carry. That's what he averaged in three games last year. In his last 14 games, 233 carries, Christian McCaffrey is averaging four yards per carry and does not have a, a run longer than 18 yards. It has been more than two calendar years since Christian McCaffrey had a run of longer than 18 yards, which is weird. But he still produces. However, this is probably going to be the worst offense he has been on, I think. And uh, I I think, fine, maybe not. He's been on some bad ones. But they have been so miserable the last three weeks. Now it's P.J. Walker. Is he going to throw to McCaffrey? He needs that passing production, I think. Should we? How do we view Christian McCaffrey, Heath? I view him as a must-start number one running back. Um, I think he came out as number one in the projections this week, I, um, which leans heavily on what he's been in the past, and there's a chance if P.J. Walker is somehow, and like I don't, it's, this is not impossible. There's room, but he, he, we're talking about him being worse than Kyle Allen and worse than what we've seen from Sam Darnold this season. Um, it's not... It's not like he has to be a below-average quarterback. I think we all expect that. Um, But I just don't think he's going to be bad enough to negatively impact McCaffrey in a big way. I'm more worried about DJ Moore. Like I think he could be like even a little bit worse than Kyle Allen, and it's a problem for DJ Moore. I don't think it's going to be a problem for McCaffrey. Is he a top-five running back rest of season? No. I think probably like, I don't know that the thing is, okay. You put Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler and Najee Harris ahead of him. I could, I could understand doing that. I'm not sure that I agree with it, but I could understand fully doing that. Finding two other running backs right now with the way this season has gone to say they are going to be better than Christian McCaffrey rest of the season is a real challenge for me. Dave's got one for sure. What's that? Zeke Kamara. Kamara. Kamara, maybe like Kamara hasn't been a top five running back this season. Yeah. I don't. Think. Oh yeah, he has. Yeah, because um, he has because he's missed a game. Okay. What about Zeke? I know Zeke's been a little skittish lately, right? The, but we know what he's capable of doing, just like we know what McCaffrey's doing. I mean, the, what those guys have done this year. Kamara is like what nineteen fantasy points a game. Uh, nineteen point eight in PPR. He's actually sixth overall. He is fifth in. He's fifth per game. Okay. Other guys you're looking at: Swift, Mixon, Aaron Jones. Uh, well, the, I was going to say. I think Cook, the important but. thing 
like what those guys have done this year and really for most of their careers is about 67%, about two thirds of peak Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, it's sure. a big gap from the what we've seen from Christian McCaffrey over most of the past three years when he's played and what these guys are. But you just said it, when he's played. So on top of the uncertainty at quarterback, the uncertainty of the offensive line, the uncertainty of the offense in general in Carolina, and whether or not they're going to continue to load him up with a ton of work, he hasn't been the picture of health for two seasons now. And I think you've got to really consider the fact that he might get hurt again, and I hate to even speak it into existence because we want him to play and we want him to do well and we want him to catch a ton of passes and score a bunch of touchdowns and help us win in our fantasy leagues, but I don't see him as a top-five guy. This is where I'm now going to split hairs. I think he's a top-ten guy because of the potential that he brings, but I feel safer with a bunch of other running backs, the Taylors, Najee, Kamara for sure, uh, Eckler for sure, Dalvin Cook, provided that Cook is also playing. Yeah, I mean, these these are guys that I'm happy to have ahead of Christian McCaffrey, and I would throw Zeke in there too, even though he's sharing more than we would like with Tony Pollard, and even though he hasn't been a week-in, week-out fantasy mega stud. Okay, hopefully Zeke is healthy. He's got a little bit of a knee injury. Uh, prior to the last two games, though, I, I don't I don't think anyone would have taken, would have uh, not considered him a top-five running back. The last two games have not been great for Ezekiel Elliott. And, and Kamara has a bit of a something going on. They were working out running backs yesterday, and there was talk that um, Kamara, Kamara was in the medical tent um, during the game yesterday, or yet this week. So there's a little bit of concern about whether Kamara is 100% right now as well. And concern about his quarterback, obviously, if Taysom Hill takes over, you never know what that means for Alvin Kamara. All right, so that's going to wrap up our Christian McCaffrey discussion. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about him when we get into our trade topics. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So let's talk a little more trade now. And buy low, sell high, guys. Uh, give me, I guess, kind of a quicker version of buy low, sell high because I want to get into the uh, schedule analysis in a little bit and see what you think about that. Some of the players that have the best schedules, spoiler alert, I think Derek Carr and Logan Thomas are the two that really jumped out during this exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it, it ju- they jumped out. Uh, all right, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are there are some higher-end guys. Dave, buy lows. Who are you looking at? I'm going to give you the four names that I gave on Ask FFT on Tuesday, and you tell me the one you want to hear about the most. Joe Burrow, David Montgomery, Mike Williams, Kyle Pitts. All right, the last two, because Montgomery is in the schedule analysis. His sure. schedule and, is outstanding. Yeah, and as Jamie put it on on the show, he's not a buy low. He's just a buy because everybody knows that he's back and pretty much back to being a number one fantasy running back. Uh, Mike Williams, Kyle Pitts. All right, so Williams, we talked about this on Monday's episode. Heath pointing out that you know the A dot has has changed for Mike Williams, and he's kind of back to being a downfield it was Chris guy. That pointed that out, not me. I said Heath. Yeah, man. Guys are the same. Give the man his You're the credit. same person, you know? Chris doesn't even hear. He can't accept the adulation, and you're not even giving it to him. All right. Anyway, I'll let you talk about it. Go ahead, Mike Williams. Nice job, Chris. Nice beard, too. I think that Williams can get figured out pretty quickly here by the coaching staff in L.A., and they can say, all right, well, we're trying to get him going downfield. It's not working. Um, that My guess is that that's their way of reacting to how defenses have been playing them in the beginning part of the season. They need to bring Williams back in a little bit more, and they need to give him more targets. It's only been five targets each of the last three games, two catches each of the last three games. They're going to take on a bunch of defenses down the line that it doesn't matter what they do, man, zone, cover two, cover three, whatever. It's not going to matter. Williams and Herbert should be able to beat it. So I, I just think that this is a great opportunity for fantasy managers to buy the dip and I don't mean the queso. Oh, I mean love some dip. the 
bad. And I do like queso. Mm-hmm. Queso right. fundido is a delicious treat. French onion dip, really good. Yeah, I'd rather go with the queso. I mean, that's fine, but I, I, I agree with you. My but. wife makes an incredible spinach artichoke dip. She breaks it out every Thanksgiving. Mm. That's coming up, isn't it? That's like the that's like the midday treat before the turkey <laughs> in our house. So make Mike Williams one of your buy low treats. Artichoke. You shouldn't have to give up a ton for him. Spinach he probably artichoke. carries middle of the pack wide receiver two value in trade. Pittman or Mike Williams? I believe Pittman's higher on the trade chart. Who would I have rest of season? I I can lean toward Pittman in PPR. When you said Williams carries wide rec- mid wide receiver two value in trades, were you saying that you would give up mid wide receiver va- two value for no, him? That's what it should cost you to get him. Okay, so you think he's going to be better than a mid wide receiver two rest of season? I think he can be better than that rest of season. Can he be a top ten or top twelve guy like we were ranking him in week five or six? Maybe. I can't rule it out, Heath. I think there's a chance that he can get back there the way that the Chargers play. I am. I have Mike Williams on a team or two, and I am willing to trade him to you for mid-wide receiver two value. And so I would like to make a deal, please. Let's do okay. it. Let's go. So I so don't know which team I have him on, so it might take me the rest of the show searching through my rosters no, to no, find No, no, no. I've got the offer right here. I, I've got Devin Singletary and Cortland Sutton. Would you take that for Mike Williams? Well, I don't like what league is this? It's it's our twelve team half PPR league. Heath, I'm um, making. I'm just trying to sell you on a trade here. I'm not really. Well, I know, I, I, but I want to make an actual trade. But yes, I would take Devin Singletary and Cortland Sutton for Mike Williams. Okay, what if I give you T.J. Hawkinson straight up? Is that enough to get Mike Williams off your team? Solely dependent on who my tight end is. Okay. DJ Moore straight up for him. Who would you rather have rest of season? Williams. I would take DJ Moore over Mike Williams. Really? I would. I would, I would take Williams over Moore. All like right. We've got like a three or four game sample size of Mike Williams being better than DJ Moore. Uh, that's true. It's sometimes you have to. Sometimes you buy in. Uh, look, I mean, it didn't work out, but sometimes you buy into a breakout. His schedule, his matchups have been horrible. And Dave, you mentioned three games in a row. It's actually four of the last five. And those matchups, other than Baltimore, I mean, Baltimore really hasn't been that good of a defense. Um, they've been really tough, been, and they get much, much been easier. Weird. I we'll talk about that with the Thursday game. I, yeah. I found the league I have, Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, so am I, supposed, am I doing by lows now? Uh, well, Dave, give me 30 seconds on Kyle Pitts. Question on Kyle Pitts. Is he going to be a league winner? Or is he just going to be kind of what he is? A must-start tight end, some fluctuation, you know, but not necessarily really standing out. Yeah, Expect the fluctuation, but I, I went back. I, I gave myself a project to watch Kyle Pitts' routes over the last two games to see just how much he's being double-covered. I'm only halfway through because I had to do a stupid podcast. Uh, but against <laughs> New Orleans, he was double-teamed one time. He was getting open regularly versus zone coverage and man coverage. It didn't matter if it was Lattimore or not. Ryan had two end zone plays designed for Kyle Pitts. One was overthrown. The other one was uh, a play where Patterson ran the wrong route and kind of blocked Pitts from getting a target, and Ryan ran it in. So I think that there are going to be some good days coming for Kyle Pitts. Again, matchups for him, if you view him as a wide receiver, are mostly favorable down the stretch for Atlanta. And this is a Falcons team that's going to struggle to run the football effectively. So this is going to come down on Matt Ryan's shoulders, and Pitts is going to have plenty of opportunities. I would love to buy low on him. Okay. And could I get Tyler Lockett and Dalton Schultz for Mike Williams? Why why even put Schultz in there? Let's just ask Lockett or Williams straight up rest of season. Because Dave has Kelsey and Schultz is on his bench, and I don't have a tight end. <laughs> yeah, that's a deal I will probably make with you. Oh wow. I'm sending the offer to you right now. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, but I, and I'm I'm overpaying a little bit according to the trade chart, but I'm uh, I'm okay. You're not using Schultz anyway, so can I? That's the, mainly the reason why. Yeah, I think you're making a mistake. Uh, can I uh, make a bold prediction here? Write it down. Shame me if I'm wrong. As long as the Seahawks don't sign Odell Beckham, DK Metcalf will be the number two receiver in fantasy from this point forward, behind only Cooper Cup. Might actually outscore him because Cup is a buy, but per game. DK Mac, I mean DK Metcalf is going to destroy the NFL for the next. I think you, I think you were right. I think it just probably should have been Tyreek Hill instead of Cooper Cup. No, I think Cup is, think the, is number one. Be better than Cup the rest of the way. I mean, they've been 
I think Hill's number two for the season. And I think that we should expect a little bit of regression from Cup in the second half over what he's done in the first. Hill's shown the ability to do this for four years now. Chiefs suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but Tyreek Hill is also wide receiver two for the season. Uh, well, not per game. He's three. Definitely not. Well, I don't know three? if it's per game or not. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's but he's five. He's five. The he's way that five and a half points worse than cut per game. Five and a half. Okay. So the Metcalf prediction has me intrigued. That means that you believe that Lockett also is going to be a top fifteen. I don't. Type yeah, of I think yes, I do. I think you know what it's going to be with Lockett, but I think it'll, it'll be top. I would not take Mike Williams over Tyler Lockett. I can't do it. I just, it, it, you know, as much as I bought into it. I really think there could be something there. I love Justin Herbert. He got two end zone targets last week. One was at the one yard line. Like they want to get him involved, but he's playing hurt. And he's he, like he said. I mean, there's just not that much of a track record. It's like buying into Curtis Samuel or something. So I think you got. I think I got to pump the brakes a little bit and say Lockett's inconsistent, but still has done it year after year. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett over over Mike Williams. Throwing in Dalton Schultz too. Yeah, I'll definitely take that. All right, Heath, go with your bylaws. I don't want to do anything that you asked to do now because I just made a trade. Dave said, yeah, I will probably do that. And then you spent the next five minutes trying to talk him out of doing that. <laughs> Sorry, man. Like what? I don't. And now um, it, it's going to make me want to go back and do the double check on Tyler Lockett. For, so I think based on what we just talked about, Christian McCaffrey, especially coming off a 14-point fantasy performance, seems like he's a buy-low candidate. Um, if you, I'll laser stat it a little bit. I'm not above that. Good. If you take out the game he left early in week three and just look at the three complete games he's played, he's scored more fantasy points per game than any running back who we expect to play in the next month. Derrick Henry's the only running back with more PPR fantasy points per game than Christian McCaffrey in the three healthy games he's played. I would be very happy to trade mid-range number one running back value for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the other running back, I'll say, and this will make Adam mad because of how bad he's been this year, but it's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs it has played the same number of games as Dalvin Cook, and he has the same number of fantasy points per game as Dalvin Cook. Now, that's because Jacobs has scored like seven touchdowns and Dalvin Cook scored two or three. Um, he hasn't scored seven, but... I think they have pretty much shown that Josh Jacobs is their guy. He's going to get 15 to 20 touches. He's going to catch three or four passes. And as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a borderline number one running back the rest of the season. All right. Let's go to sell highs. I'm sorry to speed you up here. but uh, Well, yeah. I mean, I talked for almost 45 seconds. So You go first with the sell highs. To- <laughs> hey, hey, you talked. You, you, Jeopardy. you got in there. Yeah, uh, that'll help nobody. You made very fine. good cases. You made very good cases. Um, I still think, and Dave got criticized from this. I don't want to steal Dave's. I'll leave Debo for Dave. Okay. Um, I would like to sell high. Dave, go first. <laughs> well, maybe I well, should talk about Debo Samuel, who's been outstanding. I don't know what his per game PPR number is, but I'm sure it's way up there. Twenty one point two, number two okay. behind Cup. Hey, wait, can I can I broaden it because we you know is it just Debo or is it Debo Kittle? Are you is it 49ers passing game? So it's a little harder to call Kittle a sell high. It, I guess it depends on your tight end situation. Did you pick up? Did you pick up a good tight end while Kittle was out, and it's somebody who you're comfortable starting? Maybe you made a trade to get Pitts. Maybe you have Dalton Schultz or Pat Fryer Muth, and you want to use those guys instead. If someone's going to come at you with a good offer for Kittle, then you should go ahead and consider it, if not potentially take it. How does he not fall into the same category as Christian McCaffrey as a superstar talent? You know what he can deliver on a week-to-week basis when he's healthy, but he's got some issues staying healthy. Now, on top of that, when it comes to Kittle and all the other 49ers pass catchers, is the inevitability of Trey Lance taking over a quarterback for San Francisco. And when that happens, that should mean fewer pass attempts per game. The quality of target is going to go down. I think think it's Debo whose catch rate from Trey Lance is way lower than it is from Jimmy Garoppolo. I had the notes yesterday. I lost the notes because I'm a sucker, and I can go back and find it if you really want to know, no, but I don't believe it's very good. Go. <laughs> so I think that there's definitely uh, – Debo's my favorite 49er sell high. I think it's harder to sell high on Kittle given how limited 
um, the good tight ends are to start each week. Okay. Uh, Heath, you ready? I don't like um, the sell-high market right now. And I think part of what the problem is is it's so difficult to know when you're trying to make trades. Is someone valuing what happened last week? Is someone valuing what they've done year-to-date? And with all the injuries we have, like I think Daryl Henderson, if somebody views him as a borderline number one running back, is a pretty good sell high just because the fact that he gets hurt every week. And we don't know when the next injury is going to be three weeks instead of three plays. So if I could if I could trade Daryl Henderson, but but the thing is, how many teams have that type of value to give up for a running back? Yeah, because well, that's the problem. I mean, so much uncertainty right now, right? Because that's that's what I was saying on uh, Monday show with uh, with Chris and Jacob. It's like they were saying trade, you know, sell high on Alvin Kamara, sell high on Joe Mixon. It's like, no, I I'm just gonna keep them. Uh, I don't have enough great, every, you know, must start running backs. Uh, by the way, Heath, I don't know that you can make the case to sell high for Daryl Henderson at the same time. Sell high on Henderson at the same time, buy low on Josh Jacobs, who is the most fragile running back. But you know, okay. I don't think Josh Jacobs is more fragile than Daryl Henderson. I, I think I don't know. He's giving him a run for his money. I He's think a- if we had injuries per career NFL touch, Henderson might have twice as many as Josh Jacobs. <sighs> Depends what you mean on injury. Leaving the game briefly. But I, had, Jacobs missed time twice already this year. Twice. Or is it once? Uh, okay, I sorry. He got saved, yeah. by, saved by the bye. Saved by the bye. Right. I I um I think I can make that argument. I think I just did. Because the difference between Daryl Henderson and Josh Jacobs is that I think there are people who think Daryl Henderson is a lot better than Josh Jacobs. From a fantasy standpoint, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Or you good? Let's get on to the schedule talk. I'm sure we're going to have some good, good, um, good discussions, meaningful discussions there. I hope so. Uh, at the very least, I mean, look, last year, maybe it's just finding, I do this every year and I really enjoy it. Um, and maybe it's just finding three players, I don't know, a handful that really pop as having great schedules. I understand that for most of it, probably, probably going to dismiss a lot, which is fine, but hopefully we can find a few gems in there. Uh, meanwhile, just a few quick news items. Greg Zerline, Dallas kicker, he's on the reserve COVID list. Latavius Murray, probably not going to play. Sammy Watkins probably is going to play. Two is going to be a game-time decision. Looking at that game in a little bit. And Eno Benjamin will get more touches. I don't know if I... I didn't check the waiver claims in the podcast league. I know I put in a... I think like a $10 bid out of a $100 budget. I think I about... I think I got him for 15 Okay, great. Well... Then I didn't get Eno Benjamin, um, but there you go. That's how we value him. That's a fourteen. Like a lot for Eno. You know. Well, that's a fourteen team league, you know. So yeah, true. All right. So we went for more than that in in a couple of fourteen team leagues that I'm in with competitive players. Schedule analysis: Which defenses matter? That's what Heath wanted to talk about at the outset of this. So, what do you think, Heath? Which defenses matter? And I like I generally when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at nets yard net yards per attempt, which factors in sacks also in terms of passing. Like how what the what the net yards per attempt allowed is and who are the outliers. In other words, who has not because right now I think league median six point three yards per attempt. So if you're between seven and five point seven, you're within ten percent of the league median. And that's a majority of the defenses. The ones for passing that I think matter right now, the Lions and the Jags and the Chiefs and the Washington football team are bad. But they're good matchups. They are really bad against the pass. Also, you can look at quarterback and see that the Falcons have also been bad. The Colts have also been bad. I'm less certain about them because a lot of times if you've not been bad in terms of the yards per attempt that you're giving up, but you have been bad in terms of fantasy – it might be a little bit of randomness that teams have just thrown more touchdowns than they've run for against you, and that might not hold up. Um, the bad matchups for quarterbacks and passing games in general, there's only one that I'm definitely certain about. That's the Bills. Yeah. Like, the Bills matter um, yes. defensively. I think it's possible the Patriots, Broncos, and Chargers also do as well. Um, but the Bills are the only one that I'm certain about as a bad matchup for passing games. As far as rushing goes, I think we can be pretty certain that the Chiefs, again, the Chiefs matter. 
the, the Bills matter. Those are the two that definitely matter. Yeah. Um, the Chargers, the Vikings, and the Cardinals have all been noticeably bad against the run in terms of yards per carry. The Jets and the Lions also in terms of fantasy points allowed because, not necessarily because they give up, they're really bad on a per carry basis, but because teams run against them so much because they're really bad. Right. right. So I, I think the Jets and Lions definitely matter. I think the Chargers, Vikings, and Cardinals probably matter. Yeah, the Chargers Chiefs. and Vikings, Vikings in particular, I mean, you're starting to see a little bit of improvement there. Um, not not with the Chargers last week, but the Vikings, a uh, little bit of improvement there. I just wanted to point that out. And I'm trying to track that too, the teams that are getting a little healthier. What about the Texans? I feel like the Texans matter for running backs. I really don't know. Like the Texans have given up fewer fantasy points to running backs per game than the Giants. The Texans on on like a yards per carry basis haven't really been that bad. They haven't. I thought they were worse in the NFL going into last week. I think things changed a lot with the Gaskin game. They are tied with the Giants and the Titans for like the eighth worst in terms of yards per rush attempt. Giants are bad too. I mean, for sure. But that's the thing. Like, if we start including, we're going to get to a point to where a third of the league is bad against the run, and a third of the league is good against the run, and I just don't think that a third of the league's matchups matter. No, okay, wait, but I have the Texans. I don't know if you're using per carry for everyone or just for I'm running backs. yards per rush attempt. Yeah, so the Texans for give everyone. up the most yards per carry to running backs. Right. Tied with 4. the Chargers. 9. So that's why I included them on the list. Yeah. Right. So maybe it's, you know, they maybe they haven't faced a lot of good running quarterbacks. But to running backs, they're the worst, uh, tied with the Chargers at 4.86 yards per carry. And last week, they and had they're it getting, by themselves. they're getting run on almost as much as the Lions and the Jets. Yeah, so they, they matter to me. Throw them in your list. Come on, they matter. Texans I, they, matter. They might matter. Okay. Um, they probably will matter more in the second half because they're probably going to stop trying so hard. They've far, tried really hard. As far as running backs, bad matchups, I mean, the Bills, Saints, Bucks. I see those, those teams on I the schedule. I don't know about the Bucks at all. Because of the passing game? Not just because of the passing game, because look at like the last month of games they played before the bye. They gave up five yards per carry to almost every running back they faced. Did they now? Um, not the Saints, but David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert had the game Herbert. where he ran for 100 yeah. yards on 18 carries. Miles Sanders only got nine carries, but averaged 6.2 yards per carry, ran for 56 yards, had some uh, two or three big runs like that. Yeah, but the teams I, don't really run on them. That's a thing because they respect the run defense so much. I, it, I think it's a bad matchup, and it's two. It's now this is the third year of them being an elite run defense. I, I don't know why it would have changed recently. You know, I don't know so why it has good either. up front. Uh, because and you know what? To, like, not for nothing. I should have mentioned this earlier. Christian McCaffrey's last three games, his fantasy playoffs, weeks sixteen with fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, Bills, Bucks, Saints. He's got all three of them. <laughs> And I, I, I don't think for him especially, like, they're just going to throw in the ball 12 times. He already had a huge game against the Saints. His rush average was terrible, but he scored over 20 fantasy points. So Right. Yeah. So that's that's why, like, for running backs, I, I feel pretty confident that the Bills matter. Um, and I think the Saints do for sure. Like, and especially the Saints have been a lot better than the Buccaneers in terms of yards per carry allowed, I believe. Uh, I yes, specifically when you highlight running backs. Yes, uh, you're right. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, the Saints are number one at 2.8 yards per carry. Number two is the Jaguars at 3.5. There's that big of a gap between number one and two. The Saints give up 2.8 yards per carry. And then there are five teams between 3.5, 3.75. That's the Jags, Washington, Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Buffalo. And I do think it's interesting that like the Jags and Washington have been more than a tenth of a yard, almost two tenths for the Jags, better than Tampa Bay in that regard. Yeah. We don't have. think the Jags matter at all. Because they give up a lot of fantasy points. Well, we talked about that with Alex Collins, remember? I mean, if you have a good offense, you're going to score points on the Jaguars, and your running back's got a good chance to get in they, the end zone. They have not given up a lot of fantasy points to running backs. They're 17th. They've been better right. in the last two weeks. Yeah, they're not, they're not, a, they're not a layup matchup. Dead average. They're not a layup matchup. They're not. Uh, you want to bring up any more DSTs or do you want to get into the goods and the bads? The, the only other thing I'll say is like on tight ends, <clears throat> I am really skeptical of tight end for defense versus tight end. We've talked a lot 
about how bad the Texans are against tight ends. The Ravens are currently the worst defense against tight ends so far this season. Um, yeah, I, they, you I, know, I they faced... What, what's that? They faced Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson. But they they, right. they have it's legitimately... More about had a big game against They them. have legitimately struggled against tight ends. And that's the thing. The Ravens' defense is not what it used to be. But I, no. for the record, Heath, I barely paid any attention to tight end matchups because it's so much about who you've who you've faced. Uh, that's why Logan Thomas is really the only one I would highlight because I do believe that the Eagles and the Cowboys are bad against tight ends, and those are his last four matchups, not including Week well, 18. They're Dallas, Philadelphia, Dallas, Philadelphia for Logan Thomas, and Las Vegas right and, before that, and they're 28th against tight ends. And like. So much of tight end production has to do with points. Just looking specifically at the Texans, like they gave a bunch of production last week to the Dolphins tight ends. The three weeks before that, they gave up one catch, but they scored a touchdown. Three catches, but they scored a touchdown. Three catches, and it was a miserable game for Tyler Higby. Like it's not as if I would buy it more earlier in the season if when teams are just throwing their tight ends a bunch against them. That makes a little bit more sense to me. Mm-hmm. All right, so want some names? Good matchups. Yeah, I want to hear who has a good schedule. This is this is the whole by low, low segment right here. Yeah, Derek Carr does. Derek Carr has, let's see, four of his next five games are against teams that rank 27th or worse against quarterbacks, and that would be two games against the Chiefs, one against Washington, one against Dallas, and he also has Cincinnati in there. Uh, and, and I think Jamie would say... Um, because I know we've talked about this before. I think Derek Carr has a miserable history against the Chiefs. I thought he had a great one. I couldn't remember if, what it was. If it was it's, great, or I thought it was Denver. really, really bad. Dave, what did you think? Be both. I think it's Denver that he's got the miserable. Now I'm going to look. I, I, maybe it's just that arrowhead. I think he let. I think he crushes the Chiefs unless it's thirty. Unless it's three degrees. But yeah, please look it up. No, um, yeah, we, fifty degrees. There's definitely been a weather thing with Derek Carr. Kyler Murray, the Cardinals have a great playoff schedule, fantasy playoffs. They get the Colts, the Cowboys. Mm, no, they get the Lions, the Colts, and the Cowboys. So Cardinals, good. Uh, so are we saying now, because a couple of weeks ago, the Cowboys were a tough matchup. Are the Cowboys a good matchup again? They are 26th against quarterbacks. I don't know that they were. A, they were a bad matchup for running backs because teams didn't really run on them, but now they are running on them. I think they are not a good defense. That's my my okay. take. Uh, so Carr was terrible against the Broncos. His last two games against Denver were pretty darn good. But before that, the track record was not good. I'm checking now against Kansas City. Okay. But uh, not that it really matters because those Kansas City defenses are so different from what they're putting out there now. So I don't know how much this really matters. Are they? Though? Well, they're, they're worse. Stadium. Yeah. All right. Jalen Hurts has an interesting schedule. He had, he, had, he had three touchdowns in each game against Kansas City last year. Okay, yeah. Jalen Hurts is a tough he one. He was awful. So <laughs> He's getting better against his division. It just took him eight years to do it. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is a tough one. Denver and New Orleans in the next two weeks. Those do not look like good matchups. And then it really depends how you view the Giants because he has the Giants twice in his last like five games. And they're 15. How many layups him. does he have? How many matchups that are like... Well, it depends. I mean, sure favorable. Washington twice in the fantasy playoffs. He has Washington in weeks 15 oh, and right. 17. He has the Giants in week 16. He has the Jets. He has the Giants before that. So, you know, the Jets and the Giants right now, they're 15th and 16th against quarterbacks. I don't know what to make of that. I, I think the Jets have a, have a lousy defense. The Giants have been pretty good three weeks in a row. So I'll say Hertz has two great matchups in the playoffs, and then the other ones might be pretty good. This is the one I might push back on um, because I'm afraid what matters for Jalen Hurts is how many points the other team scores. Yeah. The way they're playing offense right now, this and I almost said his name when we were doing by lows, but I felt like I was being rushed a little bit. Um, this might be Sorry. Miles Sanders as the best case as a buy low option, because I don't think the Jets, the football team or the Giants are going to score enough points to get the Eagles out of this uh, monstrosity of a run heavy offense that they have going. Right. On. Okay. And I'll just say, I mean, Garoppolo, who cares? So I'll skip him. But he does have great playoff matchups. I'm not I am not convinced that we're going to see Trey Lance. Uh, well, if they keep losing, I mean, I feel like we will. Yeah. They're three and I five. Just, that's what I'm basing it on. Right. I mean, they're about to be three. They're facing the Rams this week. So that's probably three and six. Then they, mm -hmm. all right. No, they play them tough usually. 
They're gonna I can't lose. guarantee that they're going to lose. It seems likely they'll lose. They're underdogs. Ryan Tannehill, three of his last four matchups are great on paper. That would be um, the Jaguars in week 13, and then San Francisco, Miami, and Houston. Although, I've got to be honest with you, I don't know if I include... Where's the schedule grid? Who do they play in week 17? Did I screw this up? Do they play Houston in week 17 or, or 18? Tennessee Titans, week 17. They've got the Miami Dolphins. Okay, so... Week 18. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So their their fantasy playoffs are Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Miami. Pittsburgh's good. The other two are bad. And then Again, kind of the same thing with the Titans, though. How many passes are the Titans going to throw against those three teams? I, I mean, they don't... They can't be as run heavy as they were, you know. Why not? Weren't they just on Sunday night against the Rams? It's hard to say. They ran fifty-four plays, I think. You know? Okay, so how many of them were runs? I think he threw Most. twenty-seven passes or something. I think it was about fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty. I, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I think if Derrick Henry were healthy for that game, he would have thrown a couple of fewer passes than he actually did. All right, running backs. David Montgomery, very good schedule. Um, Love it. Denver running backs actually have a very good schedule, so <laughs> please let, let one of them loose. How about Eli Mitchell? From weeks 12 to 17, five of his six opponents ranked 21st or worse against running backs. The problem I ran into with, with running back schedules with Minnesota and Seattle, they're getting better lately. They currently look like good matchups. Mm-hmm. They're both on Eli Mitchell's schedule, but um, he's got good matchups. Antonio Gibson has a pretty favorable schedule after he faces Tampa Bay and then maybe Carolina, but then the home stretch is is really good for Gibson unless he's got two games against Dallas late. If he's out of the game script, then it's bad. DeAndre Swift has great matchups. I don't know that they really matter for a guy like him. And James Robinson has Houston and the Jets in weeks 15 and 16. So those are... I like Robinson. That might be one of my favorite ones that you've given. And Daryl Henderson, I am not buying that this is a great schedule. It looks good on paper, so I'm going to eliminate him. But again, this Minnesota and Seattle's in there. Baltimore, they're 24th. That's his week 17 matchup. I don't think they're really that bad against the run. So I, I I think Henderson probably has just like a neutral schedule. Wide receivers... I found these teams that were not in the quarterback section. You know, if you look at the quarterback section, you can kind of relate it to wide receivers. These teams have good matchups uh, in terms of wide receivers on paper. The Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots, (laughs) the Giants, and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith's fantasy playoffs are Washington, Giants, Washington, I believe. They they were in the quarterback section. Oh, that's um, right. Thank you. But same concern I have for Hertz with Smith in that situation. Yeah. It's I'm confusing myself because for some of these schedules I included week 18 and for some I did not. So, um, I don't really have a wide receiver takeaway. You know, maybe the Giants have it really good down the stretch, but so did the maybe Waddle. I don't know. Forget it. I I don't think you made enough, a, you made a good compelling case for Derek Carr. Is now the time to give up what you got to give up to get Hunter Renfro in PPR leagues? Is he about to become a safe number two fantasy receiver the rest of the way? Who already got a lot of targets in his first game without Henry Ruggs last week, and they were able to run the ball a decent amount. And in games where they can't run the ball, he's the extension of the run game for them. And and, and I get that they got Deshaun Jackson and and schematically I think it's a good signing for Las Vegas but I don't expect Deshaun Jackson to come in and get four or five targets a game I I think probably the the one wide receiver I would say that is is Kyle Pitts to go with Dave's buy low on Kyle Pitts Matt Ryan mm-hmm. has a good schedule absolutely Kyle Pitts is playing wide receiver so yeah just one thing on Pitts his his week 17 game is the Bills and they tight end has been the one area where they haven't been mega elite, but but he's not a tight end. But he is like that's he does not run all of his routes out wide. Okay, they, he runs plenty no, of routes true. over the middle. Sometimes he will line up like a tight end. Yes, so he's not a lot. It's not it's not just that he's a wide receiver. It's a he's a majority, but he's more of a wide receiver than a tight than a tight end. I told Adam before the show how many pass blocks he's made this year. 
Heath, do you know how many pass blocks Kyle Pitts has made this year? Well, I know the answer should be zero, but I'm going to guess it's more than that. So let's say eight. <laughs> That's Holy exactly cow. What it is. That was weird. That's exactly Heath. what it is. <laughs> I, was, was... My, I was then going to say, what's his jersey number? Once per week, he blocks up on a pass play. <laughs> All right, listen, I think you guys are going to, I think, Dave, you're going to be very happy that we're eliminating Fantasy Jeopardy since you crapped on it earlier. What? Well, then we got to go fast on Baltimore-Miami. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we will look at the Bills. Or No, Baltimore's not the Bills. The Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Bills and the Miami Jaguars. And the Miami Marlins. When we come back on Fantasy Football today. We got to make time for Jeopardy. Let's go. Somehow. Baltimore allows the most yards per play in the NFL. They are tied with the Chiefs. That is bizarre. They are great in the red zone, though. Um and I just thought that was interesting. Here's your stat of the game. Only three wide receivers have scored more than 14 PPR fantasy points against the Ravens. Jamar Chase, who had 200 yards, Michael Pittman, and Justin Jefferson, who barely got there, uh, had a big play, like a 50-yard touchdown, and, and that was mostly it for him. So yep. Jalen Waddle, starter sit. He's a start in PPR leagues as a number two receiver. I've got him as more of a flex and non-PPR the Ravens have been good at limiting touchdowns to wide receivers this year. They haven't allowed a boatload of them, but they do allow a higher catch rate to slot receivers than they do to outside guys. And they allow, what is it, the third highest, I think, yards after catch per reception rate in football to wide receivers. Hmm. You're Wad- hoping for Waddle to continue seeing eight-plus targets per game? Yeah. Like he has been. He actually has 10-plus targets per game in three of his last four. You're hoping that he breaks away on a couple of those targets and has a big gain. Dave, Fantasy Jeopardy. Number two in PPR, <laughs> number three in non-PPR. Waddle, Gaskin, Freeman. How do you rank them? Let's start in non-PPR. Waddle, Gaskin, Freeman. Ugh. Freeman is the one. I will probably take Waddle over Gaskin just because I don't like saying to start Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I guess in non go Freeman, Gaskin, Waddle, and full go Waddle, Gaskin, Freeman. In full PPR, I'll take Freeman over Gaskin. Do you guys Damn, feel pretty Dave, confident that Miles Freeman's going to score a touchdown? I do. He's not very good. Is he, is Freeman going to score a touchdown in this game? I don't know. Hope. Because Miami is not super bad against running backs, but they had a stretch where six straight games. Uh, where a running back scored a touchdown. That's why I think uh, Fournette was the start of the week that week. Uh, the last two games have been against Buffalo and Houston, and they've done very well against those running backs. But, um, you know. What what, what could have changed? The, the, the opponents. <laughs> right. But Freeman has scored a touchdown in, what, two straight games, and he had 79 yards in... I mean, he's the that. primary back on one of the best offenses in football. Right. So I don't know if he'll score a touchdown, but he's got as good odds as most running backs. Okay. I think well we should said. be careful in calling him a primary back. He was last week. If he's a primary back, it, it might not be by much. Not only did he look good last week, Le'Veon looked really good last week. So I think the Ravens are going to be encouraged by their old-ass run game, and they're going to use those guys maybe closer to even based on what – they look like last week. Jordan Howard or Freeman? Oh, I think Freeman. I'm take Freeman. Yeah, Freeman by a pretty good margin for me. Okay, how and about... And I'll take Howard over Le'Veon, but Le'Veon kind of hits the radar as a desperation running back. How about Michael Carter against the Bills? Dun-dun. Or Miles Gaskin? Carter. I think I have Carter ranked higher. Wow. Would you start Gaskin over Antonio Gibson? Yes. Yes, especially in PPR. Okay. might be harder to do in non-PPR. Uh, Marquise Brown must start. He's top 10 for everybody in all formats. Lamar Jackson must start. and if Mark Andrews must start. Mark Andrews must start. If Tua plays, any interest in him? Any interest in Tua? I guess that's my question. Not a ton. I, I think the best streamer this yeah. week was Roethlisberger or Teddy. I would have... Two ahead of those guys, but that would just put him around fifteenth. So, well, how about Tua or Carr? Carr against the Chiefs. Carr, I would take Carr ahead of Tua. I take Ryan. I take Wentz. I would not take Tannehill ahead of Tua. Cousins, I would take Cousins ahead of Tua. I don't know if we're calling Cousins a streamer anymore. No. 
And is Gesicki a no-brainer against the Ravens? They do give up the most points to to tight ends. Doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with the fact that he's getting mega targets almost every week. All right, but let me give you this on Gesicki here. Here are his receiving yards in five games with Brissett. I'm counting the Bills game. I think two or through four passes in that game, Brissett threw like 40. Uh, 41, 86, 57, 43, 54. That's the starting tight end. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with Tua, (laughs) zero against the Patriots, 115, 85, and 48. And those 48 were against the Buffalo Bills. That's also a starting tight end. Right, but that's a better starting tight end. Yeah, more upside with that starting Good tight end. Good with Brissett, better with Tua. Dalton, you can say that about everybody. Dalton Schultz or Gasicki? Gasicki. Gasicki. Fryermuth or Gasicki? I'm down with the Gasickness. I think I have Fryermuth one spot ahead of Gasicki. All right. Rashad Bateman, any interest? <laughs> On my bench. Flex. Boom, bus flex. Okay. Let's see. Would you start. And Sammy Watkins looks like he's going to play. So we have not seen all three of them on the field at the same time. I think it should be interesting. Uh, I won't go into too much into Bateman. I'll just give a few. Would you start Bateman or Jarvis Landry? Jarvis. Yep. Bateman or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk. Ayuk. Bateman or Sutton? Sutton. Same. Sutton or Waddle? Waddle. Uh, Waddle, Waddle, Waddle. See how quickly we could start. We could do a game when we set our mind to it? Na 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 na. All right, it is time for Fantasy Jeopardy. Na 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 na. And I just have to find the questions because I had to remove them from the notes so I didn't send them to you. Here we go. I found. Yes, them. I noticed that too. Could you please send them to you? All right, you have three categories. No daily doubles. As of now, no final Jeopardy because I forgot. and $600. I'll figure out. Do you lose money for guessing? You do not lose money for guessing. Okay. Two, four, $600 for all three categories. Let's begin. The categories are quarterbacks, running backs, and players whose last name starts with A. (laughs) Players with an A last name. Heath, you probably lost last time, so I'll give you the honors. You can start. Quarterbacks, running backs, or players... With a last name starting with A. Players whose last name starts with A for 600? Is that the Wait, most? how do we buzz in? Do we just blurt out your name? Our name. Or do we say, say our name. name. Say our yeah. name. Yeah. 600 is the most, yes. Okay. These two cats lead their team in targets over their last four games. Hint, they Heath. are... T- yes. Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnes. Oh, Heath with 600. You didn't even need the hint. Uh, that they're teammates. Okay, obviously, because make a note, Heath, 600. Did you get it because I said cats? Yeah. Yes. All right, cool. All right, board is yours. Um, Players with the last name of A for 200. He is the answer to this question. Who has more touchdown catches, Devontae Adams or Keenan Allen? Dave. Dave. Who is Keenan Allen? That is incorrect. Heath. <laughs> Yeah, Heath. what do you it got? It was Devontae Adams. <laughs> Correct. Wow. Process, How did you get that one, Heath? That's amazing. Process of elimination there. Good stuff. Uh, Adams has three. Keenan Allen has two. All right, Heath. Players. That the last was one of those questions where I thought it was so obvious that you had to go that's the what other I, That's what I did. Uh, a names for 400? No. Oh. No. Quarterbacks for 200. A former Heisman Trophy winner, he leads all quarterbacks in touchdown rate at 8.7%. Former Heisman Trophy winner. He leads all quarterbacks in touchdown rate at 8.7%. Heath. Heath. Joe Burrow? I literally have no idea who's won the Heisman for the last 10 years. Dave. Dave. Who is Joe Burrow? (laughs) That's a good one. But no, it's who is Jameis Winston. Little trick oh, question. God. I know, I know. You I know. gave us an answer of a player who is not playing the rest of the season. I did. Do you know your purpose here? I did. Yeah, yeah to, to, to throw you off. He's born X for 600. Uh, living up to his middle name, Skyler, this quarterback is tied with Lamar Jackson for the NFL lead in air yards per pass attempt. 
Middle, middle name is Skyler. He's tied with Lamar Jackson. Most air yards per pass attempt. It'd be cool if it was Kyler Murray, but it's not. It's, Kyler it's not. Skyler. <laughs> um, air yards per pass attempt. Is this player still in the NFL? He is. He's still playing. <laughs> is this a player who's played every week, or is it going to be like Cooper Skyler Rush? No. Come on. It's a, it's a real um, Heath. Heath. Tom Brady. No, uh, Dave, who's Justin Herbert? Oh, very close. Who is Justin Fields? Justin, Justin Fields. Skyler Fields? Yeah. All right, Heath. Running That's backs for nugget on Justin Fields. Yeah, right? I thought so, too. Running backs for 600? All right. Daryl Henderson leads all current top 12 running backs in this. Daryl Henderson leads all current top 12 running backs in this. Give me five seconds. Dave. Dave. What is yards per carry? <laughs> I see why you said that, but no. Heath. Yes, Heath. Um, what is broken tackles per rush attempt? What is letters in his last name with nine? Letters in his last name. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, Heath. <laughs> yes. Running backs for 200. You know, you're really pissing me off because I don't know you what's left on the board. That's a clue yes. to name the category. All right. Uh, running backs for 200. He leads all running backs in the single most important stat in NFL history. Heath. Heath. Who is Nick Chubb? Hey, correct. Leads in yards per carry. 6.0. Uh, Heath has 1,000. Dave has zero. I don't know how I'm even going to screw you over in Final Jeopardy at the moment. Been, no, my goal is to trying to avoid one. the daily double. Oh, there are no daily doubles. No I daily doubles. Today. Oh, there's no daily doubles. So I okay, think you've got you got the four hundreds in every category, right? Yes. All right, go ahead. Players with the last name of A for four hundred. Okay, this former first round pick wide receiver led his team. Dave, in re- Dave. who is Brandon Ayuk? Incor- mm. You're locked out. This former first-round pick wide receiver led his team in (laughs) led his team in receiving in week eight, and followed that up with zero targets despite playing eighty-seven percent of the snaps in week nine. He also should probably have another A toward the end of his last name, but he has an O instead. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like me to read it again? Yes, one more time. Okay. This former first-round pick wide receiver led his team in receiving in Week 8 and followed that up with zero targets despite playing 87% of the snaps in Week 9. He also should probably have another A toward the end of his last day, but he has an O instead. That is amazing. Um, I can't even think of... Um, Five. A, uh, Heath... Yes. Robbie Anderson. Uh, he was not a first-round pick. Nelson Aguilar. Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. He should be Aguilar, I think. What the? Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, running backs running or backs quarterbacks. Running 400. All right. I'm this, so glad we rushed to get to this. <laughs> this top five running back is on pace to set a career high in rush attempts in week 12. Dave. Dave. Who is Alvin Kamara? Correct. Dave's on the board with 400. All right. This is getting interesting. 1,000 to 400. You got to get this, Dave. You got to get this one. All right. Running quarterbacks for 400. The wait a four- minute. Wait a minute. I have control of the board. Yes. Yeah. Quarterbacks for 400. Okay. Dave. Thank you. <laughs> the four quarterbacks who have thrown 20 or more touchdown passes are Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, and this guy. Heath. Heath. Josh Allen. Oh, sorry. The wrong button. <laughs> Is that the fantasy <laughs> yeah, top? Yeah. <laughs> Dave, the four quarterbacks who have thrown 20 or more touchdown passes are Brady, Mahomes, Stafford, and this guy. Checking to make sure I'm right about this. You don't even know if you're right? I'm right. I'm right. No. All right, Dave, you need this. Come on. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. All right. Three, two, one. Kyler Murray. Who is Joe Burrow? Oh, of course it was Burrow. Don't you realize how many players that you had as answers who are not playing this week? 
I'm sorry. The, the point of this segment Justin is not Fields, help Joe Burrow, Jameis Winston. All three of the quarterback answers, I believe, were not playing this week. The Saints are playing. Jameis Winston's not. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar was an answer. Don't forget about Daryl Henderson's last name. That was amazing, really. Okay. Well, um, I am going to give you guys two minutes to answer a bunch of questions from emailers. Ready? Uh, from Ben. I've been offered Kamara and Ingram for Zeke and Pollard. Standard scoring. No, we'd rather have Zeke and Pollard. Right? I, I don't know about that. Man, if they all stay healthy, I'd rather have Kamara. Yeah. In standard scoring? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dynasty trade from Rob. I want to win now. I traded Rondale Moore and a 2022 first-round pick. I still have another first-rounder from a different team. I got Marquise Brown. PPR. Love it. I think you gave up too much, um, but I don't know. if you want to win now... Okay. Not only is that a win now, there's potential for Marquise Brown to help you in years to come. Oh, for sure, yes. Uh, from Brandon, should I trade Cooper Cup a fourth round keeper for Justin Jefferson and Deontay Johnson. Neither would be high value keepers. Cup for Jefferson and Deontay. If you need to get an extra wide receiver starter for your team, you can do that. Yeah, I would do that. That's a good that's a good breakup for Cooper Cup. That's too much to pay for Cooper Cup. Okay, how about um from Jim? Give up A.J. Brown for Leonard Fournette in a non-PPR league. I still have Metcalf, Keenan Allen, and Robert Woods. Did you say non-PPR? Non-PPR. Give up A.J. Brown for Leonard Fournette. I like it to get Fournette. I would rather have Brown, but it's fine if you need a running back. From Dina, should I give away Mike Williams and Patrick Mahomes in a standard scoring league for Josh Allen and Miles Gaskin? No. You'd rather have Mahomes and Williams. I would. Okay. All right. Apple Podcast questions. Shecky, half PPR. Give Javante Williams, get T. Higgins. I think I'd rather have Javante. He has he's loaded at running back. Aaron See, Jones, Chubb. He's truly loaded at running back, then I I I would try and do a little bit better than T. Higgins. Okay. If T is really the best you can get, then I guess. Niners for life, half PPR. Should I try to trade Damian Harris for Marquise Brown or Terry McLaurin? I have Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, and Daryl Henderson. No, you need Damian Harris. Yeah, well, I was about to say he kind of like he kind of needs he kind of needs uh, Marquise Brown though or Terry McLaurin because he has Mike Williams and, and uh, Antonio Brown, Pittman. Oh, it's not so bad. I think he can get by. Okay. And from Orchids, Daryl Williams and DJ Moore for DK Metcalf, full PPR. Do it, rather DK. Second, yeah. Do it, do it. Going to be the number two receiver in fantasy from this point forward. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed Fantasy Jeopardy as much as I did. And we'll talk to you tomorrow with Starter Sit for the AFC Home Games on Fantasy Football Today. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.